if you can hear the growl, you've been warned. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are back. Yes, uh, as far as the announcement went, I did kind of explain how things were going and what was going to happen. And unfortunately, we have had to kind of draw back um, with the amount of content we've been able to release. And, uh, you know, things have been hard for everybody. And we, unfortunately, have not been able to escape that much like everybody else. But, however, we are still going. And that's why today, the guest that I have actually brought on is... Um, well, he's close to home for me, but he is extremely talented. He's proven some pretty amazing things already, even at his young age. And um, I think that coming back from, you know, where we were and having to kind of start everything over again, I think that especially going to speak to somebody like our special guest today is is a good message. Um because it's new, um, it's it's we're young, we're hungry, and we're moving forward, and uh, that's what this guest uh, is all about. So, without further ado, our guest today is none other than my brother Talon Hampton. Woo! Yeah. Hi there. <laughs> now, a little bit about Talon. Of course, he's my brother. Um, he's 17 years old, and he actually won two awards. What was the what was the competition? Uh, it was a competition between four different schools to see um, your filmmaking skill level, and if you're if you meet a certain criteria, then they allow you to actually get certain uh, certain almost certifications. Almost um, forget what they exactly called it, but you are allowed to go and actually film with high end people um, like Jake Owens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jake Owens recognized your work. Yeah. <laughs> so what awards did you win? Um, we won second second best play second place for best screening and best editing. Yes. You won best editing. Yeah. Yes. You were the editor. Yep. Exactly. He crushed it, people. Um, now this is my brother. I have not won an award. So he blew me out of the water. I was so proud, especially when I heard that. I was like, oh, my God. And he won it in the one field that I hate, <laughs> just editing. I'm not a fan of editing. So, I mean, one of my first uh, big questions for you is what made you interested in film and in digital media? Uh, well, at first I wasn't really interested. But then as soon as you obviously started getting into it, I was like, Hmm, maybe I'll try it out. I started dipping my toes in the water and then I took a film and TV class and then that's where I really liked it. Nice. Okay, so then what what made you go f towards editing instead of maybe like, I don't know, getting behind the camera? Um, well, editing, it was just sort of like a zen place. Like every single time that I sat down and started to edit, it just was mellow and I could control things and I could let the viewers see what I specifically wanted them to see. Um, and be able to change certain things where someone accidentally messes up a camera uh, camera angle, and I can go ahead and edit that to make it slightly better, or I can black out places, or I can blur things, and it's super cool. Yeah. Well, so okay. So then, why why are you why do you use Premiere Pro instead of maybe something else? Um, well, Premiere Pro, I'm certified in it. Um, I, That's right. I earned my certification through my school, obviously, and. That's just the most the program that I'm most comfortable with. Have you used any other programs before? Um, I tried to use Filmora, but okay. it just wasn't the same. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, I'm more of a Final Cut boy. I like to do things a little bit user-friendly, you know, more user-friendly than Premiere. You know, yeah. Premiere, you got to kind of design things. I remember doing a telephone um, phone call um, on Premiere, and I had to, like, make the effect. You know, and I am not one of those people where I like to go in and make it and tweak it to exactly what I want. I kind of like just being able to throw it on there and it's already there and I can tweak it a little bit. And yeah, that's not exactly what I wanted, but that's really close and that's good. Yeah, that's good enough for me just because I'm not one of those editor people. So what is it like? I mean, I just I do. I envy you and your ability to, to do that and that that's your Zen because like that's my torment. Is sitting there and dealing with that. I'd much rather be in the chaos. But you've been on film sets, so what? What is it like being on the film set? You know, going through just the production phase or the production phase and pre-production, and then to the editing room. All right. Well, all of that, the pre-production and everything, I hate. Okay. I absolutely hate. Um, I am 
not one of those people that like storyboards or gotcha. shot sheets or anything. Okay. Um, so uh, I've been exposed to a lot of things such as films where they have storyboards and films where they have screen uh, shot sheets and everything. And I've been on sets where they don't. And I will say the ones that they don't, they have a lot more creative freedom. But the ones that they do, it definitely is more polished and more there. Gotcha. Um, I personally try my best to try it. Like when I'm creating a storyboard, I try my best. But it's just, it always doesn't feel like it. Like yeah. it's there. Um, however, I do always want to try and put a little flair on it. Like a little touch of me inside of there. Gotcha. Okay. So then what's that like taking that to the film, to the editing room? Um, well, if I, t if I do end up actually being able to have a voice in there and actually add a little touch of me, then it definitely helps with editing because it's something that I helped create and something that I know. Gotcha. Um, unlike someone just giving me uh, a bunch of random footage and say, compile this or edit it like, this. um, like in film and TV where they just said, edit all this and, it was a really weird, but then when I started yeah. making films and everything, then it was super, super calming and very interesting to get into. Gotcha. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so then here's my other thing. So you were working on, and the production that you actually won was called Cookie Monster? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So now, when you got into that one, you actually acted in that one as well, okay? So were you part of the pre-production process in that one? Uh, yeah, I was, but I didn't have much of a voice. No? So what was that? I mean, don't you know talk too much about it if you don't want to, but what was that production like, and what was something that uh, that went well with that? Um, something that went well? That's hard. Because... Well, I mean, obviously you guys <laughs> won second place, uh, and she won best editor. Yeah, because things went horribly wrong. Okay, what happened? Um, one of our actors absolutely bailed on us. Um, okay, she yeah. was not able to make it, so I was actually the backup actor. I didn't even know that I was going to be a backup actor. Um, the production phase, I tried to get the story to align better with like an actual story instead of just being all over the place. Okay, yeah. um, That didn't really end up being the final cut, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, something that did go wrong was we got some really, really crisp footage. I mean, the iPhone 11, the camera on that is, yeah. it's clean. And so, and you haven't had the chance to shoot on like DSLR yet, have you? Um, I have, but okay. not like, it's always been stationary. Okay. And what, is your, what do you mean by stationary? Uh, like the, my class has it where it's set up in the recording studio and it's just right there and you just, uh, all you have to do is just put the SD card in, click record, and then that's it. And that's it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah you haven't used too much. Yeah. That's something that uh, we'll, we'll have to do um, later to kind of, you know, because I want to see your opinion on that once you switch to DSLR. But using a phone, um, that is something. I Our, our movie, Backcountry, that we did, we shot it on um, Shai's, I think it was the 7. <laughs> it's like the iPhone 7. And uh, it was good. Like, it was, it was all right. But getting those... Getting the angles that we did in there, you are limited to an extent with a phone, whereas with, you know, a camera, you know, and like, a, especially DSLRs, you can change things, you can do a little bit more creative stuff with it as far as altering the picture in the actual shooting phase of it. Um, and sometimes it's smoother and sometimes it's really not because, you know, your, your um, stabilization inside the camera, yeah, it, it is... It works to a point, but it's not nearly as good as some of those cell phones, man. Some yeah. of the cell phones are like mini gimbals in there. It's ridiculous. Um, and in your film, in in the Cookie Monster, this. So for the for the audience, basically what happened was they there was a possession kind of situation, um, and Talon was in the in in the kitchen room, right? Kitchen, uh, living room. He was in the living room, and he was typing on his computer, and all of a sudden. He stops, he kind of like does this weird stiffen, and then he just starts slamming his head and his face into the keyboard. How did you do that? I mean, in the edit, you made it look like you were hitting that thing oh, hard. Yes. Um, but how did you actually cause that effect, and how did you make that look as good as it did? Um, well, first of all, I didn't actually touch the keyboard. Um, I just sort of rested my head on there, lifted it up slowly, put it back down, lift it up slowly. It's very, very slow. Yeah. 
Um, and then in the editing process, I added a little bit of camera shake, um, okay. added the sounds to make it lo- sound like I was hitting the keyboard and then sped it up. Gotcha. And then you reverse the footage? Um, or no, did you I, just go straight I, up and I just down? went straight up and down. That is awesome. That is, uh, that's one of the things um, that I've been experimenting with on my films is playing in reverse. Um, sometimes I've noticed that you can actually, I mean, Bruce Campbell, that's where I got it from because Bruce Campbell does all of his, his like fighting stuff in reverse. It's crazy. So, I mean, if you watch, you know, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, he does his fighting stuff, at least most of it, in reverse. And so I really thought that, that was awesome. And I was like, man, like that's, it makes it safe. You know, that's the thing is it makes it safe right there. You know, when you're pay- taking a punch, if you do it in reverse, it actually makes it to where they're not going to get hurt. Whereas as you're going forward, sometimes punches slip, especially with actors and actresses who aren't exactly sure of themselves or don't really know their bodies or their reach or their extent. And they can, and then you can get somebody hurt on your set. So in my thing, in my experience, yes, it's really good to, you know, um, do it forwards and, you know, get your stuff because you're focused on the shots. You want to get the things, but the best and safest way is to go backwards, which is going to take more time, more practice and more effort. However, that is going to save you in the long run, especially knowing that no one's going to get injured on the set. And plus, if you do it right, you make that thing look 10 times more real than if you were throwing the punch and just missing, you know, I mean, it looks impact and everything, you know, there is impact and it looks rough. So I did. I thought that you were going uh, reverse because it looked that violent. Uh, but that's really cool to know that you, you know, we're going forward, actually. Um, okay. So now what we have real quick is we have an interjection. Okay. There are big man producer question. This is a question that our big man producer, Sean Hampton, writes for you. So our father. <laughs> you know, writes for us, and basically what he does, he tries to come up with a question that's a little bit different than the average question, okay? And so, then most of our questions, even though we have a little bit different ones, he does like to kind of dig a little bit deeper and give you something that you can work with a little bit more intensely. So, our big man producer question is, if you were able to have edited one film of any genre, what would it be and why? I would really like to try and edit a horror film. Okay, but which one specifically? Really, The Bay. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite horror films. Um, uh-huh. It's filmed in a found footage sort of uh, thing. It's yeah. Not really found footage. It's just it's like a news broadcaster but gone wrong. Um, and then it also has shots from like street cameras and police body cams, dash cams, all those um, security cameras and everything. And it's really interesting because it shows the story of Maryland, and it's fictional, uh, Maryland, how this parasite ended up killing thousands of people. Um, and it's all because this parasite in the water was grown by chicken feces, where they uh, they fed these chickens certain antibiotics and things that made their feces very, very bad for the environment. And what they did was they just dumped it into the water, and those parasites ended up eating people from the inside out. Wow. <laughs> All right. So why? Why would you choose that one? I would choose that one because I would like to try and edit it to make it look different. Uh, not not like different. Uh, it's it's a really good movie. I really love it. Um, but I would try and get it to almost be more high quality, like sharpen up the edges, mm-hmm. uh, add a little bit more camera shake, make it seem a little bit more jittery uh, when people are shaking because there are some shots in there where it's you you definitely know it's on a set. Gotcha. Okay. But there are also shots in there where you absolutely don't like, especially in the beginning, it looks like a amateur news broadcaster. Like it is perfect. Really? And then later on, like when they discover a body, it is too steady. Okay. Like they, they, they go and just zoom in on it and it's super, super steady. Okay. And then they run, and the run is steady. Um, and so you would like more, yeah, but you that, want to make it more realistic. Yeah, just a little bit more real. Not too much where it's like... You can't see what's ugh. going on. Yeah, but just enough to make it look real. Gotcha. Okay, well that makes sense. So, with horror, 
obviously, now you've been raised on horror, and this is something I know, because your dad is my dad, and he raised us on horror. But what is your adoration with horror and with a film, especially like that? Because most people, especially now, are kind of bored with the whole found footage thing. So what is your um, drawing to that? What draws you into that? What really draws me into that is because it's not like many other found footage things that I've actually seen. A lot of the found footage things is either shot from like one camera or two cameras where it's these people in the woods or something and yeah. they, this witch comes after him or something. Um, yeah. And it's just a little bit cliche. Whereas yeah. this one is, it makes it look real. Like there's so many cameras. It's street lights. You look, they went ahead and cleared out an entire street and it's just this shot where it's empty and you just see bodies littering and it looks real because you see all that film grain. It's, and it's not like high definition. It's security cam footage Yeah. where it's very blurry and it's click, 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 click instead of that 60 FPS. Yeah. Um, and then they cut to the, the news broadcast or where they're inside of the building. They're like, what the hell's going on? They go outside. The security cam is focused on them and then they see a police car coming by it and it switches to the dash cam and it sees them. And then the police car keeps going and keeps going. And it's super interesting. Well, that, that is, that is, it's really cool. Okay. So then I like that. I like that answer a lot to me. I'm more, and especially with, you know, with films, I, I like hitting certain tropes and certain stuff, you know? Um, and so, especially when you go back to, the Blair Witch and things like that, you know, yeah, those were solidified and they kind of set them up. And, you know, since then we've kind of gotten a lot of repetition with those, but we have been starting to really branch out. You're getting to get unique and different views like the Bay um, that I, I do. I see exactly what you're talking about. And I like the fact that you were going into something that you want more real. You want to make it more real. You want to, if you're going to make horror, you're going to make it like it's legitimately happening outside. Whereas for me, I like to operate a little bit outside of reality just because it gives me more room to play with things. Whereas in reality, you have to, you have rules, you know, and especially in now today's world, you have rules, you know, you have sways that, you know, the world works and things that happen if you do this. And if you do something where you shoot somebody in the middle of the street and nothing happens and, you know, everything's fine, everybody just forgets about it 30 minutes later, that's not correct. You know, that's not it doesn't go by the rules. So that is really intriguing to me that you go directly towards something that has all those rules and you want to make it exactly like that because you know that that'll create yeah. real horror. I especially like to do I With the Bay, I especially like that because it's instead of playing with rules, you're breaking them down. Yeah. Because the police, all of a sudden the police, the entire system is going down. The CDC is not working with you. The CDC is actually quarantining the entire state and no one is allowed to get out uh, or else they're shot on sight. And yeah. things are things are horrible. And it's it's that rules breaking down that is scary because people really like law and order and nice clean streets. But yeah. then when all of a sudden the policeman comes out and he can't help you. Yeah, there's no safety anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well that's awesome okay well then so here's here's my other question okay what does the industry actually no i'm gonna i'm gonna move past that question real quick i want to hit this one first what do you think is the advantage of being so young but having accomplished what you already have i think it sets you up for a lot um like if you accomplish things when you're really really young then people can notice that and you're sort of seen as a prodigy and whatnot, that cliche. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually helps you a lot because since you're that young and you accomplish so uh, all of this, what else can you accomplish? Gotcha. Once you're older, you can accomplish even more. Like you want to be in Hollywood? You can. Gotcha. Like it sets you up and it prepares you for things. Um, so then not only do you get experience from a young age, um, but you also learn differently because obviously younger, uh, younger people learn differently than older people. Mm -hmm. And then that just helps you. Now, what do you think could be the opposite of that? 
I think that it also, you're not mature enough. Okay. Um, that is definitely a huge one because if you're not mature enough, then that could set up your films for disaster. Like, yeah. you try and do a horror film, but it's all, I don't know, cookies. <laughs> because you're you're all hyped up on sugar or something. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's not going to work. So you th- okay, so you think it couldn't be as mature as it needs to be in certain areas. Yeah, or right? like you tried to make a certain joke and it's just, it's not there. That could also, that's also a lot, that's just art in general. I mean, that's that's not exactly pertained to um, uh, youth. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of films um, that just miss those marks. But one thing that I've especially seen with the younger filmmakers is... The hunger isn't real. That's yeah. something I've noticed. The hunger is not real. So when I work with somebody who is younger, it is very rare that I find somebody who actually wants this and wants to do this. They're not mature enough. They're not old enough to realize how much is going to go into this. And they don't push themselves the way that other people do. You know. Now, I, on the other hand, push ridiculous, too much. I push way too much. So I am, I am outside the majority um, of even just the, the regular filmmakers, regular videographers. Now, one of the things that I do notice, and there was a conversation that I actually had um, with one of my actors, um, and it, we were talking about this, you know, this, the way that the industry is working, the way that things are going when you have videos, okay? And so let's just take, you know, a YouTuber, all right? The YouTubers, especially the ones that are bigger, they are followed around with crews constantly. Their lives are film and video. You know, that's their thing. They shoot pretty much everything and they hope they catch stuff or they try to make things as much as they can, but they work every single day. It is more than a full-time job. It is constant because you constantly have to be creating new content. You constantly have to be moving forward with something different and you constantly have to keep that flow and that momentum. Otherwise you will lose relevance and you lose your, your move, your move, you know? And so with, you know, the younger generation, especially coming up, you have hits or misses, you know, you have kids that, you know, get mommy, daddy's credit card and they're able to, you know, afford all these different things. And all of a sudden, boom, now they're able to get YouTube famous and then they just go and go and go. And that becomes their life. They never have to have a real job ever. And they just go until, you know, the wagon stops. Others, you know, who can't do those kind of things, they either become addicted and they push and they push and they push and they push until they make it, which is the very, 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 very few. Um, Or they try at it. They don't go viral. They don't have that quick, you know, oh, I did it. Now here I am and I've succeeded. And instead they, they just quit or they don't take it serious. You'll have singers. I had this one singer. I'll never forget it. I needed a, a song for my film, I Am Vietnam. I needed a singer to cover the first song, House of the Rising Sun. And I was searching everywhere. I could not find a singer anywhere who would cover it for me and just kind of give me something. I didn't even technically need you know, um, instruments for it. I was willing to work outside of that. I just needed somebody to sing it. Um, and this one, this one girl was posting all these videos of her singing, you know, and she was like, I want to be a singer. I want to do this. And, you know, here's my voice. And you're seeing all these comments, all these people going, Oh my God, you're a beautiful singer. And she was talented. Don't get me wrong. She's very talented. However, when I reached out to her and I said, hey, would you be willing to do this? She goes, well, what does it entail, this and that? And so I said, okay, here, give me a call and we'll talk about it. I was on my way up to Denver and I was in the process of editing the film. Um, That was like the second day. And so I was there from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. I took bathroom breaks. I, you know, people would bring me some food sometimes or I would have to run out and go get some food. But I was stuck in that school editing that film for three days straight, just trying to get it done on the timeline. And so I was on the road, on the highway, driving from the Springs to Denver, and I was like, hey, give me a call. I'm on the road. I can't text, um, but I need – because once I get into the editing room, I'm not talking to you. You know, I, I have to get this edit going because it was a hellacious edit that I will talk about that on another podcast. But I was having such a hard time with it, and so I said, just call me. Would not call. And I went – wait a minute, you say that you want to do this. You say that you want to be this. Um, Yet instead, when somebody does come to you and give you an opportunity, nobody gave me an opportunity. 
I did not get any opportunities handed to me. I had to find every opportunity I've ever had. I had to go out and get, and I had to fight for it. It was not given to me. Nobody all of a sudden texted me and said, hey, you know, come and be on my film. That never happened, ever. It was always me begging to get onto their film sets. It was always me begging to get in there. It was always me going, well, hey, I don't know how to do this, but I'll try whatever you need. I'll hold a light. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, just whatever you need, man. Just let me come in and do something. And I would get no's all the time. And I would I would not be allowed in. And it was just ridiculous. And it was, I, I don't even remember exactly why. It was just how it was. And that was just what was going on. And then when I would try to get help on my films, everybody was like, yeah, no, you know, I'm not interested or, or yeah, yeah, I'm interested. And then they would just not respond. And so here there was an offer and it was an actual opportunity to reach out and said, Hey, here's this, you know, I even said, Hey, I'll give you like 30 bucks, you know, um, just, you know, if, you, if this is serious and this is what you want to do, will you please just help me with this project? Would not help, would not assist them whatsoever. And so that is something that I see with a lot of the, the youth and even the successful youth is not, you know, willing to work that hard, not willing to give and take, not willing to go out and get these things and not being able to see, you know, an opportunity and not being, you know, mature enough to take that opportunity. Now, her not taking the opportunity, there could have been many reasons why she didn't want to. Um, I don't know them, but there could have been many reasons. There could be really good reasons. Um, I'm just saying that I was never offered something like that. And for me, if I was offered that, they wouldn't have had to say, you know, call me. I would have called immediately and been like, hey, you know, what do you need? How do I do it? 30 bucks? Oh, dude, come on. You know, but that's the difference between being a hungry, serious artist and not being. So taking that into consideration, when you go to editing, okay, and when you're You've you've won these two awards. You're working on some projects now. You're kind of you're actually coming up on a full feature that is going to be a big project. Um, where do you feel you fit, and what is that like coming in and knowing? Okay, I've I've done something. You know, I've accomplished some stuff. I'm not letting anything get to my head. But now I'm actually going into a little bit more serious of waters. Now I'm actually going to do something that might possibly go somewhere what is that like it's very interesting um i definitely want to keep dipping my toes in the water keep getting further and further um however i don't want to fully fully commit gotcha um, because there are certain other things that i'd like to test out um and i don't want to just keep my eyes tracked on one thing for the, the rest of my life i would like to try multiple things and if i don't like things then i'll go back to another one yeah um and filmmaking is definitely a bigger one um i will say i it's one of those things that i definitely will like to see in the future gotcha okay so what is it what is it like though you know going from a small project to starting to talk about a big one what are the different you know kind of things you start to worry about where the things you're starting to kind of go okay, um, this is what I'm getting into, you know, embellish. Yeah, um, what I'm really sort of worried about is it's not like if people like or love or hate the film. Mm -hmm. um, it's more or less, what about the crew? What about the, how, how do you direct? How, how, how is that going to change? How is it going to be when I first step in? Are they going to be all right? Are they going to follow directions? Are they going to... Mm -hmm put creative freedom in there are they going to allow me to control them and everything or, or is it going to be tough or is it going to be pretty all right um because i mean even in the small features uh the super tiny short films some of them were just hellacious i didn't like them yeah exactly. uh, but others went smooth as butter that's right and and directing is a very different step from the editing room yeah that's a that's a harsh move and there is a lot to that, especially when you go into a full feature. That's even crazier um, once you hit that point. Um, but I think, you know, you taking this and you testing out and doing things and being creative with stuff, that is something that's also unique to your, you know, age group and especially your generation. Because most kids your age don't even think about their future. 
you know, and that's just a fact. They don't even think about it. They just go, oh, whatever. I, mean, I still have friends from my generation who have no idea what they want to do, and they're just letting the years go by. And that's been on every single generation. That is how a majority of people do things. They don't actually go out and try to find things. So it's unique. And what would you say to somebody getting into editing, to somebody getting into filmmaking with that kind of mindset? What would you say might help and might hurt them? Um, I'd say something that might hurt them is if they go into one field and one field only, such as if they're only directing or if they're only editing. Okay. Um, something that would help them is trying everything out um, because that's how I, uh, that's what my teacher did because she said that she, before, her teacher was not like that. She was forced into directing and whereas there were directing groups, editing groups and pre-production groups and et cetera, et cetera. And she did not like that. Okay. Um, she wanted everyone to get a taste of everything. And then afterwards, then you form your own groups. Um, I personally love the editing. So I, I dip my toes in everything. Um, and I really like editing and a little bit of behind the camera, uh, behind the scenes. Like I like moving with the camera, um, not so much directing. Gotcha. But, it's still there. I, I directing is, is not something that I hate. Um, however, it probably would be something that I hate if it's the only thing that I do. Gotcha. So then what do you think? I mean, cause my, my thing, especially and I'm in agreement with you there. Um, you do, you have to try different things, you know, and especially in a world like that to be a good actual, an actual really good director, you have to know what everybody does and how it feels to be that person. Uh, Cause that will help you, especially help you connect with your group. Because when you're talking to a grip and you've been a grip, you know what to say, just like an actor. Um, and that's something I also want to know. Uh, how, what is it like, you know, editing on your own face? At first I did not like it at all. Um, but I mean, just gradually it, it was just, it just got easier. Yeah. This ugly person's on there, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel the same way. I, it took me, I lost a couple short films because I was the lead and I was like, dude, I hate the way I look and I, I don't want him to make this movie anymore. You know, and then I would stop and I would replace the actor, you know, because I was like, oh, I hate editing me. Um, but that is a part that you have to push through. If you are editing your own project and you're acting in it and you're like, oh, fuck, you know, like, I'm looking at me and I'm going, oh, Jesus, this looks awful. You will get past that, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then soon you'll find your angle. Soon you'll find what actually other people are seeing and you will be able to enjoy your films. I do. I am able to now enjoy when I step in front of the camera, I go, oh, I could have done better with that performance, but then that becomes from a different place. Now that's from an actor's perspective, but now I'm looking at the film and I can see my performance instead of just my face. Um, is that the same for you? Yeah, it's definitely just about the same. Um, and it, that's also for voices, like when I'm doing voiceovers, everything. Um, exactly what you just said, it applies to the to the voiceovers. Um, I definitely really, it just took time to acclimate. Gotcha. I, that's, that's just what you have to do. Um, but coming from school to getting outside of school, what are some differences that you're already starting to see? I know that you haven't really pushed farther into it. And you haven't really gotten a lot of experience into, you know, the, the outside guerrilla force of filmmaking versus the controlled environments of school. But what are some things that you're already kind of starting to notice? Um, I'm starting to notice lots and lots of issues, um, such as specifically hardware issues. Um, my computer, not the best. At all, because you have no it, money. Yeah, it takes thirty-seven minutes to render a two-minute video. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely hard, really hard. Um, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm not really pushing too hard. Um, definitely when it's when I go back to school and I'm able to get that good hardware and render things in less than a second. Yeah, I love it. I'm able to just have creative freedom and I actually start pushing. Uh, exactly. Whereas here, I'm definitely limited um, because if I want to do a full feature, it's going to be slow. And that's true. But you can see, can you see the differences and where it pushes you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I can see that it 
it definitely pushes my almost wits. Uh, it's like, will you do this? And will, will you want to succeed? Will you try your best? Yeah. Even though there's really nothing there, you're not getting a grade for it. Yeah. You're getting views and people liking it. Uh, it's, more if, about you the appreciation. Yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> if you can even get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely different because I, I always did it for a grade. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it's, I wasn't just doing it just for the grade. I really just liked it. Yeah. Um, but the grade definitely was a motivator. Whereas yeah, here there's true. not too much. And then especially with hardware and the resources, like, I don't have too many contacts out here. Um, all, mm-hmm. all of my friends are back uh, up in Casa Grande and everything, and they're uh, they're spread out everywhere. Whereas here in Maricopa, I have two friends. And with COVID, how can you really pull this off? We have a possible yeah. second wave coming. We have mm-hmm. protests going on. We have riots. We have a lot of things that are happening right now. We have our president who is... Yeah. Our president. <laughs> yeah. Especially now where, uh, especially where we live, there's a lot of kidnappings. Yeah. Um, that is correct. For teenagers specifically, which is absurd to me. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, teenagers get kidnapped all the time. Well, hey, why don't you just throw on one of the cameras and you know, do your found footage horror film right there? You know, just go stand just, out there for a minute, let them grab you, and then... <laughs> become one of them. Become one of them, right? Do the experience and then escape and then come out and edit it a little more shaky and real, and boom, there you go. Yep. There's your The Bay. If it wasn't already real. <laughs> right. I, uh, I do. I, I really... Here's my, my thing when I talk about you and when I look at you, is I see somebody who is taking a step, you know, and that is something I will say to every other artist out there. Take your step. Move forward. If you really want this, if this is something you're interested in, if this is something that you want to do, even not to the extent of me, where it's all I think about, all I do every day, all day, and it's just constant, and it's overly ridiculous, and it's intense, but where you're like talent, where you want to do this, but this is not overbearing to you this is something that's more of an enjoyment rather than a drive and a force that's unstoppable this is something that you want to dip your toes in you want to enjoy you want to wait around in but you're not ultimately tethered to this this can still be you can still be very successful by doing that now the difference is the workload does not change you still have to work your ass off you still have to push really hard and this is not easy even going in with that kind of outlet um, which is a lot more healthier in a lot of different ways but you have to do it go out there and make the films if you can't do it the way you want to do it because you don't have the school computers you know what that 37 render minute time you know rendering time um you can play a video game while you render in that there's your break, you know? You can I'm go over and draw. Rich, yeah, well, you can't because your video games are on the damn computer. But there's stuff that you can do, and you'll learn to enjoy that. Me, I honestly enjoy render times. When a render time pops up, dude, I can chill. I can sit back. I can, you know, go out and go get a soda or some food. I can come back. You know, I can watch a little bit of a movie and kind of get a different aspect. I can go out and go swimming. <laughs> you know, there's other things that I can now do with that time, and work is still happening. Especially for somebody like me, especially once you get to that professional level, you have to be doing something. Something has to be working towards it. You know, it has to be working um, and getting there. And the render times can often be a, bre- a breath of fresh air because it's working and I am taking a break. Oh my God. Yes. You know, I can take a nap now. Holy shit. 37 minutes. That's perfect. You know, and then you're napping and then you're relaxing and you're like, oh my God. And then you come right back to it and you're a little bit fresher and now, boom, you're going for it. Um, but that is to, to the, the basic of that, you know, basic understanding is if you want it, go do it. End of story. And that's just how it works. So, all right. Well, my last question, um, now I already know the answer to this, but (laughs) my last question is what are the films that inspire you most? Um, and what are the films that you look to when you think really phenomenal editing? 
Well, I really, just me personally, I like destruction. Um, so things <laughs> like 2012, I uh, really like that. It's it's not about the, um, like the editing camera angle and everything. It's more about what's inside, like a building collapsing. Like I have certain programs on my computer where I'm trying to learn a little bit better to 3D model things and mm-hmm. then animate them and then simulate things. But I really like how, like, in 2012, you see a giant wave hit a building, and that building, all the windows burst out. And then the water comes rushing through as the building starts collapsing. Like, that's something really good that I really want to work forward, uh, work to. um, Because if it's just cut, cut, cut on a green screen, and then you add a little tiny, tiny 3D... Like, uh, you build a tiny 3D model and record that and then put it on a green screen. Yeah, you can get some pretty good effects, but Uh it's not going to be the same as something that's fully edited and CG and you are able to control the lighting, able to control things and match lighting. And Um, you're creating excitement. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're creating something that's big. Yes. You know, bigger than what you normally see, and it's an event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's... I really all always loved to look at like the nuclear explosion destroying houses because you see all those particles, all those, all the fog, all the dust getting kicked up. You see the shock wave, everything. Yeah. And to be able to simulate that without physically doing it mm-hmm. is amazing, and I really want to do that. Um, gotcha. I want to be able to just say, "Hey." But what do you think that says about you as an editor? Um, I think that that says there are certain things um, that I I will say that may or may may not make sense. Um, It could just be a rant. But what it says about me as an editor, I think it says that I almost have ambition, Um, a a lot of ambition, which could definitely hurt me. But it also could drive me because I something that big. Um, is actually a lot more easy with the technology nowadays. Yeah. Um, and it's something that if I want to push towards, I can. Um, and that's that really says a lot because, well, one of my friends actually he wants to get into game uh, game design, and he made a small tiny game, and he just released it to the, uh, to three other friends, and it's small steps, something yeah. that drove him because he wanted to, he wants to. Uh, there's this game called Risk of Rain 2, which he really loves. He really loves the art style, all the things, um, how there's so many items in there, and he wants to do something with that. He wants to be able to go on there and help. He wants to make a character because he wants the character in. Um, okay. Not because anyone else wants the character in, just because he wants it in. And he wants to be able to control uh, control things and allow people to, to have enjoyment from his games. Um, and the same thing almost goes for me because I want to go and let people see these awesome scenes and they're like, whoa. Yeah. Because that building looks so realistic or that the skin texture looks so realistic that it's just, you can't differentiate it from reality. Yeah. Like you see the, back to the nuclear bomb explosion, Versus a simulation, and they look the exact same. It is. I want to be able to wow people. As an artist, that's what you're. That's what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I think that's a really solid um, motive right there. I think every artist wants that, but it is. It is something that you know. I can see you working through, you know, and I can see you discovering piece by piece. Um, and that is one of the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast, because I know that you're not there yet, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what everybody has to go through, but you're getting there and you're experimenting and you're moving and you're testing the waters and you're, you're figuring it out to artists out there, especially right now who you're feeling like talent or you're maybe even not. And you're just trying to kind of, dream big and imagine what you know is what the more you go out and discover 
the more you will get closer to realizing what is there for you and if it's going to actually work out for you. Because right now you're deeming, you're driving more towards animation, you know, but you're starting from editing. And actually more accurately, you're starting from, you know, film, from film love. Just, just basic film love, especially more in the horror community, that's where you started from. And then you've slowly moved your way into editing, and now you're moving a little bit more rapidly towards animating, which may be your end goal. You know, and which may be the thing that you fall in love with, or you could come back around, or you can move on to something totally different. But the the biggest thing that I want other artists to take away from this is that go out and try, find out. You know, the worst that can happen is it's a no, it's it doesn't work. You know, and I'm sorry, you're gonna get a lot of that regardless. You know, wherever you go in life, there are no's everywhere. Yeah. There are doors closing constantly. And that's just how the world works. So don't be afraid to go out there and get a no. Always go in and say, okay, I'm going to reach out to you know this this person and I'm going to try for this part. What is the worst they can say? No, you're a shitty actor. Okay. Am I going to die? No, I'm okay. Did it hurt really bad? Yes. But you know what? Am I going to prove them wrong? Oh, fuck yeah. And you push through. And if you need help, you can get help. This this stuff is hard. This stuff is difficult. And for people like us, it, it can be torture. I mean, just it's just the word for it. it. It can be so damn hard to go through this. And it can really jack up your mental, you know, just, just being. Um, but the thing is, is that you can do it. That's the whole point. Climb the ladder. It's going to be hard. You're going to fall. The, the, the spokes are going to break. I mean, it's just everything's going to happen. You're going to get attacked by a big-ass bird that's going to knock you off that ladder, knock you all the way down to the ground again. You're going to have to climb all the way back up, and this going to do it again. But go, and more importantly, go intelligently. Don't just dive in and screw yourself over even more and have to stay at the bottom of that ladder longer because you just decided to jump. Test the water. Go out and check it out. Move forward and climb it step by step and work through it and you will discover what is meant for you and better yet you will succeed and that is the whole point so is there anything you have to say to the viewers no you you explained it perfectly <laughs> you got it all right so everybody um now this comes to the final part uh that i'm sure you're expecting which is directly to you talent this is the part where we at growl talk to you and we tell you thank you for being an artist you pushing forward you creating you going ahead and even losing you know your awesome computer at school that you could render in like 3.5 seconds to now a 37 minute rendering time and pushing through that going to less money going to spread out friends that you can't really use you can't really go with especially going through covid and you're still trying you're still pushing forward you're still testing the water and you're still creating you're still planting stuff and creating opportunity and pushing the movement forward creating more art spreading more art thank you for doing that we could not do this stuff and we will not succeed without people like you and without you so what you've done I just thank you for it. And please keep going in whatever direction you're going to go in. You're doing fantastic. And just just keep moving, dude. Okay? All right. Yeah. It's, I mean, the <laughs> same goes for you. We Creators can't create good art without feedback. They yeah. can't create art with without people to notice it. Yeah. And I thank you for all the feedback that you gave me on uh, on some of my films. It's definitely helped me. Yeah. It's the best thing that artists stick out for other artists. And that's for you too. Stick out for your fellow artists. Share each other's art. Talk to each other. Give feedback. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Give feedback and, and just help each other. Every failed project is a failure for all of us. Every success is a success for all of us. The more we succeed, the more it actually happens. The more we can actually make this big. The more we are no longer deemed as the most non-essential job in the United States, we are deemed the most unessential job. 
I'm sure a lot of viewers have seen that picture. If you haven't, it is a diagram that's going through the top seven and the bottom seven. And artists are the last place. They are deemed most non-essential, most just let those ones go. Even though the document that they used was artsy <laughs> to signify that. It was artsy. It had drawings on it and shit. But okay, artists suck. Um, so yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then we have had it today, folks. Um, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for jumping in and listening to this. Like I said, this is a unique uh, perspective that I really want to embellish on. And Talon, thank you for jumping in here and showing that. Well, thank you uh, for pulling me in. Of course. Of course. And you will be jumping in again way soon. Very soon. Way soon. I am tired. <laughs> I haven't stopped working. Um, all right. So, everybody. Thank you again, and to, the, to this artist, thank you, and to all artists, thank you, and keep pushing forward. I know that the world is having a hard time right now. We're all having a hard time. Things are getting a little crazy, and, and it, you know what? Just keep pushing. You've been pushing. Just keep pushing a little bit longer, and we're going to make it through all of this. And uh, for those of you who have stuck with us, for those of you who are jumping in just fresh, um, thank you for giving us a chance and, and, and listening to us and uh, supporting us. So that's the that's the the only way that we can keep this going is with your support and you have supported us um, and it it means the world it truly means the world so everybody if you can hear the growl you've been warned.